Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. OG3 here. And we are post-State Fair. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about State Fair, how it went, how it usually goes. Glad that it's back. Maybe not glad that it's back. We'll discuss all that as we go here. Still State- tired. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> tired, too. Yeah, I think that's usually the consensus after Fair for almost everyone in extension. Just a lot of long days. We got some State rain Fair this year. hangover. It's Much real. <laughs> yeah hangover in many different ways. All right, Emily, what did you do at the fair this year? I was there helping with uh, various things with the Minnesota 4-H Dairy Project. So specifically, I was working with the workshops and case studies that the all the dairy show people have to go through. Uh, that's always a really fun time. I know Brad helps with those as well. And then helping with the show on Saturday, which the Minnesota State Fair 4-H Dairy Show is Christmas day for me, my favorite day of the year, hands down. I think that's, uh, that's fair. I mean, I, and I'll admit it right now. I did not get a chance to go to the fair this year. And I was pretty sad because it was the first time minus last year in a really, really long time. Uh, and so, yeah, I definitely missed out on the interview process for the four H'ers and getting to look at all the projects. Uh, really sad that I didn't get to go. Bradley, what'd you end up doing? Well, where do I start? First off, I was a parent, so I had two kids showing dairy heifers there. So you have to manage all that amongst working with the genetic merit of the 4-H show, livestock interviews, the dairy show on Saturday, as Emily said, and also was uh, at the dairy showcase on Sunday. So it was uh, long days, long nights, uh, but it was fun. It was fun. How did the showing go for your kids as a parent? How was the fair? It was good. Uh, you know, they, they, they got red ribbons, but I think they enjoyed it. Uh, learned some things, which is obviously important on what to try to improve next year and what you can do. Uh, you know, even though my kids might not have agreed with what the judge said, I didn't really either, but that's, that's the way it goes. I was in the show ring that one of Bradley's kids were showing in and I was just gutted when I had to hand him the red ribbon. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. One of them showed a crossbred fall calf and uh, another one showed a Jersey winter calf. So uh, only one of them showed the correct breed, but we'll, it's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get more of those. Good now they're on a kick. They want to get a Guernsey next year. So I don't know who knows what's going to happen. I uh, I think we'll have to update all the listeners if there's a Guernsey that ends up at Bradley's house. Yeah, I don't know if he'll ever hear the end of it. <laughs> exactly. We'll see. But it's fun. All right. Well, food is the big question on everyone's mind. What did you try? What did you find? Anything new? What's the best thing? Old standouts that you just always go back to? All those things. My My go-tos are always chicken in the waffle and duck bacon wontons. So they never disappoint. This year was no exception. And then the new foods I tried were the bison bites, the sidecar sandwich, and Greek stuffed ravioli. And the ravioli was excellent. Well, bread's pretty boring. I go with the old standbys. Womp, womp. Exactly. (laughs) The go-to 
corn on the cob. You can't beat that. Uh, and then, of course, I have cheese curds, deep fried pickles, and sweet Martha's cookies. You can't. Oh, well. oh yeah. And a foot long hot dog. Foot long hot dog. I got cookies too. So. Yeah, you can't. It's hard to pass up the cheese curd stands and, uh, and yeah. Martha's. You got it. Although you gotta I, I have had this, you know, so our University of Minnesota Gopher Dairy Club has a shake booth there. And, you know, we, I support that as well. And I tried a caramel shake from them for the first time ever. And I thought it was delicious. And my kids were really liked it too. So we had a few shakes. You know, we got to support the dairy and Midwest Dairy Shake Stand too. The, the Dairy Goodness Bar. Yes, I I went there. And what I like about the Dairy Goodness Bar is they sell fresh cheese curds. So it's like, I like the fried ones, but the fresh ones are just really good too. And they had this really good garlic and herb one. They were from uh, Metz's. They're, they're down here in Southeast Minnesota. So they always try to sell local cheese there now and stuff. So yes, it's always good it's to up. support all the dairy. And it's good to go up and see Princess uh, Kay and her attendants get carved in butter because you never know. One day you might become a meme like Emily. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. I am a meme now. <laughs> I love Such an that. honor. Such an honor. <laughs> uh, yeah. If we can get a link into the show notes to that meme, I will do it uh, because, yeah, it's wonderful to see and Emily sitting there getting carved in butter quite a while ago now. Yeah, well, and so, and that was the other kind of cool thing. So this year was marked my 10 year anniversary since I got my head covered in butter. And this was also the 50th year that artist Linda Christensen was doing the sculptures and, and she is now retiring from it. So she wanted to make it to 50 years. A gentleman by the name of Jerry is going to be taking over. He is a Litchfield, Minnesota native. So we're really excited to have him on too. But it was cool to to bid farewell to Linda. I was there for her retirement ceremony. It was really nice. Well, congrats, Linda. That's a long time to to be carving butterheads at the fair. We've talked about food. We talked about what happened with these two. I guess the big thing is we should talk about the state fair in general and what it means to each of us. I think I have a different perspective than Emily and Brad since I did grow up in the cities. Going to the fair as a city kid. Uh, is a completely different experience than I'm sure it is going as a 4-H'er and or parent of a 4-H'er. Yeah. Emily, what did, I know we talked in our 4-H episode a little bit about what 4-H meant to everybody, what the state fair, I mean, there has to be just a huge anticipation every year and excitement and leading up to it. I said that that first Saturday, the day the 4-H Jerry show was like Christmas for me, but really like the entire fair is. Um, it was always something that, you know, when I was in 4-H and, and wanting to compete to show at the state fair, you know, you have to qualify at the county level. So it was always that extra motivation to work a little bit harder, get your heifer looking that much better, um, all of those things. And so, yeah, the state fair for me just really became a place where I met a lot of my friends that I still have now from all over the state. You know, when we ended up going to college together, a lot of us, and, and we're still in touch. And so that always warms my heart a little bit and, and makes it really meaningful for me. Personally, you know, I'm an achiever. I like to brag. And I like that Minnesota has the best state fair in the country. And so I'm all about promoting that. I, I am not too humble to, to say our state fair is the best. I, I am right there with you. I uh, I know Iowa loves to talk about their fair and that's just not even close. So I've been to both. I know 
Uh, I might be a little biased, but it, it's I've so much to the better Iowa here. State Fair as well. And yeah. The, the cool thing at the Iowa State Fair get is is the the cow carved in butter, and I don't know if they still do that, but uh, I saw that once, and it's it's kind of cool. I think they had Elvis carved in butter when I was there once too. So they do um, a lot of butter carving and shout Iowa. out Jerry. Maybe you can get a cow and butter next year instead of just carving, <laughs> yeah. carving butter heads. I've been to a few other state fairs, North Carolina, Wisconsin, North Dakota, and uh, yeah, Minnesota by far. Sorry, Iowa, for those of you in Iowa. We know. Yeah, but, I know. Uh, Sorry, Minnesota's Kevin. pretty good fair. Going there since I was four years old. Four, four. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think I started Went to that early. Oak Ridge Boys concert there with my mom and dad. Oh. <laughs> nice. Long time ago. Yeah. So Bradley, tell me how it's kind of come full circle for you. You've been going to the state fair for a long time since you were four, and now you've got kids in 4-H. That's got to feel kind of weird to come back as a 4-H dad now. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I, I still remember back to the the days in 4-H and we'd run all over the fairgrounds and have fun and meet new people. And, uh, you know, and now I see that with my kids and, you know, having a good time and meeting other people from all over the state. So it's a, it's a good experience and I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a good thing that, that those of us in Minnesota and are able to do that. And there's lots of experiences that they'll remember for a long time. I still remember lots of things back when I used to be at the state fair when I was 12 or whatever, started going there for four, eight. Yeah. I, some, uh, good, some not so good. Some we good, just, some we can't good. just say all the things we remember while we're recording. Right? No, 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 no. I don't I like am, the haunted house. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I know. I, I I was thinking that, you know, knowing Bradley a little bit now, I think uh, there there had to be some mischief involved and some late nights as Never. a 4-H'er. And I yeah. wonder I wonder how much you think about that when uh, your kids are off hanging out with other people. And is it does it cause some anxiety? No, I'm sure we used to do a lot a, a lot worse back in the day. <laughs> There you go. Well, I never got into trouble when I was there. I was just. Of course not. Of course not. Well behaved, focused on the animals, all that. Always. I had a completely different experience with the fair growing up uh, in the cities. You know, didn't didn't go as a forager, went purely as a, as a attendant to the fair and just wanted to eat all the food I could. And, you know, you walk through the, the animal barns and and look at everything and it, it's amazing now thinking back to how little i knew about the process and the animals themselves at the time walking through those barns and i mean it as a city kid growing up it it's a completely different perspective to think about well now if i see a cow along the roadside like i barely even i mean i notice it because i'm always looking for cows but at the time, even walking through that barn and seeing one cow, uh, it, it's completely amazing for a city kid being able to have that animal right there. I mean, we're not talking about over a fence. I mean, it's right there. And I think that experience is very uh, important. And it's a huge opportunity for agriculture because I, I just remember being amazed uh, walking through those barns and and seeing people. People are very open too. It, you know, if they weren't completely exhausted, which is oftentimes the case, they're very willing to talk to you about what's going on and their animals. And uh, I don't know how much it really started my journey down that road, but it definitely put it on the map uh, for me in getting involved in agriculture. And I think that's the other thing we focus a lot on the animals because of what we do, but 
there's so much more involved with agriculture there. And, and it's still one of the major ways that we have that lingering connection in Minnesota to agriculture in the cities. I mean, the state fair is in the heart of the cities. And that's uh, also, I think, part of what makes the Minnesota State Fair as amazing as it is. And you can go see all kinds of animals. You know, we talk about dairy, but there's beef and sheep and pigs. And, you know, secretly, I love the eight horse hitch draft horse uh, on wagons. Same. It, it is a favorite of mine to sit in the Coliseum and watch the draft horse shows. So, um, yeah, it even we branch out and see different things and learn different things. Uh, I'm not all about dairy there. I do see other things. I also remember as a kid wandering around Machinery Hill and being amazed uh, up there and, and what what was available and what and not having any clue what any of those things did at the time, uh, which it's, it's funny to think back on now. But I, uh, I, I do think it's an amazing opportunity to connect the cities and rural Minnesota, which is something we've been struggling with for quite a while now. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Joe. It's a really good platform to do that. Um, you know, and like Bradley said, there's all the other livestock species there. And two, there's the agriculture and horticulture building where, you know, yes, I always have to go see the giant pumpkins and the crop art, you know, and, and that's a cool thing too. Like people making art out of various crop seeds and like that's a connection to agriculture some people wouldn't normally have. And, and knowing what these seeds look like and what they can grow into and all of that. And it's just, you know, I'm extremely biased. I love the fair, but I think that it does do a lot in, in bridging that gap between urban and rural and just kind of allowing us to celebrate how awesome Minnesota is. As everyone goes to the fair, they're so excited and they're so amped up and there's a lot of pride in Minnesota that goes into that. And I'm hoping that, I mean, the fair is only 12 days. And what, what I'd love to see is that if we can harness that, that energy and, and that feeling, that vibe and carry it through the rest of the year, that would be my ultimate goal. Because I think it's such a shared experience for Minnesotans and, and people from out of state as well. I had friends drive from Chicago just to go to the fair. You know, they grew up here and they live in Chicago now. Don't have family here anymore either. They drove back just to go to the fair. So I think there's there's that connection that we can build upon and uh, hopefully we can continue that education, that vibe, that good feeling of connecting rural Minnesota and the cities throughout the year uh, on all the other days. Don't mess with our fair. That, that's like sacred 12 days at the end of August that you just don't mess with. Oh, yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah, like, don't schedule your wedding for then. Exactly. Don't plan vacation. Like. I have missed weddings for the state fair. Oh, yeah. that's. I will admit it. Perfectly understandable. <laughs> We've just kind of reminisced, recapped about the state fair, what it means to us. Uh, and hopefully we can keep that, that momentum going, keep that vibe going. Don't forget that rural Minnesota and the cities are mutually dependent. We depend on each other. Try to keep that connection that we have in Minnesota, which is becoming more and more rare uh, in the United States. With that, we'll wrap it up. Thank you for listening. If you have comments, questions, scathing rebuttals to this episode, um, I'm sure we'll hear from Kevin uh, because we kind of played down the Iowa fair. But if you have any of that, 
please send them to the museum at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. Follow us on Twitter at UMN Museum and at UMN Farm Safety. And with that, no more plugs. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bradley, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Ugh. Ugh. Such a letdown. Well, Brad's pretty boring. Personally, you know, I'm an achiever. I like to brag, and I like that Minnesota has the best state fair in the country. Thank you.